Hello and welcome to the My Life in Miniatures podcast. My name's John, I'm from heresyandheroes.com and we've got a great episode 3 for you this week. Wow, that is by far the most professional intro I've done. Uh, and this is take number four of me attempting to do it for this particular episode. Uh, in this episode, we will be talking to Tankpot Zoe. Um, you may well know her from Twitter or even Twitch, uh, but we'll be getting into a nice big conversation about her life with miniatures a little bit later on. Um, I hope you're having a lovely time. I hope you sat down with your paints and your clippers and your brushes and your minis and you're all ready to do some hobby with a little bit of us for company for the next hour or so. Um, what can I tell you about this week? Uh, I have... Oh, I'm looking at the wrong page in my notes. That's how professional I am. There you go. That's the right one. Uh, yes, I have been... Uh, I finished painting my Stormcast Eternals. I think I told people that in the last episode. Uh, they're all done, 2,000 points, and I've actually got a game coming out. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. I've got a game on a Thursday, um, and uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to that. Uh, I tried taking some photos because I wanted to get a post up on heresyandheroes.com. No chance. Uh, so uh, anyone who knows me knows that I am not gifted when it comes to cameras. I'm pretty rubbish with them. Uh so I, I attempted to take a picture of the whole army, and I actually remember talking to professional photographers who do take photos of miniature armies um, a while back, and they told me how difficult it was. And, and you know, they're professionals. I'm, I'm, I can point and I can click. Ask me to do anything else, and I've got no idea what I'm doing. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you get it as well, but when there's loads of metallics involved, and because my army is mainly metallic... Um, yeah, uh, I yeah, I did not have a good time with it. I, I suffered greatly. So I've got photos. I might share them, might not. Um, but by the time you hear this, I will have put up my review of the brand new Kill Team starter set. Uh, it's great. I love it. I think it's a great product. Uh, I actually think it's got the potential to be one of the most uh, exciting and uh, important hobby products to come out of Games Workshop in a long time. And you might be sat there going, really? Because it's got miniatures we've all seen before and it's a game that's been out for a while and uh, there's less than is in the big uh, the big sort of launch box for it. Well, all those things are true, but I still think uh, that it's got the potential to be one of the best gateways into the hobby that Games Workshop have produced in a very long time. If you want more details on that, head over to heresyandheroes.com. You'll find the article there. And uh, if you agree with me, disagree with me, uh, stick something in the comments section. Um, I'm usually pretty good at getting back to comments. Someone's put one in recently, though, and I haven't gotten back to it, and I feel really bad about it. But I will, as soon as I get a moment, because it involves me doing some maths. Um, but I will, I'll do that. But anyway, check it out. Kill Team Review should be up on the blog. Well, it is up on the blog by the time you hear this. Um, so uh, that's something for you to look forward to. Um, uh, there's been some movement on the intro and outro mu music that I use for the show. If you listen to episode one, uh, you'll have heard me lamenting about my uh, my issues with uh, music. Um, well, it's, there are lots of things that I could buy, right, and spend money on. But it's January. January's not a fun month to try and spend extra money on anything. And so I'm trying to avoid that. Uh, despite the fact that all of my adverts now are for podcasting stuff, including music licensing, um, we all know how internet advertising works and targeting works, uh, but it's it's been quite overwhelming, uh, the amount of adverts I've had for various things to do with podcasts, a lot of which, as I say, are to do with music licensing. Um, and the really terrifying thing is that it, those adverts seem to have scared away all the attractive singles in my area, so uh, I hope they come back at some point as well, because um, that would be nice. Uh, but anyway, so I was, I was having a think about what I could do for the music and uh, I I was listening to some music one night and um, Elton John's I'm Still Standing came uh, onto a, a playlist I was listening to and I think it might be the most perfect hobby song that you can possibly get. Oh yes. Uh, think about it. I'm Still Standing. What's another word for stand? Hmm? Think about it. Basing. I'm Still Basing. Stand, bass, same thing. I'm still basing better than I ever did. 
shows improvement, shows it's been going on a long time. That's all very true for me. It's true for many of us hobbyists. I'm still standing better than I ever did. Uh, what's the next bit? Uh, looking like, uh, feeling like a true survivor, looking like a little kid. Um, and I think after the last couple of years, uh, we're all feeling like true survivors. Uh, and when we play with our toy soldiers, we all feel like little kids uh, in our heart, at least. Um, that's uh, I'm not I'm not going to lie. There were, was probably quite a bit of beer involved um, in my working out this philosophy. Um, but what it did lead me to do is write Sir Elton um, a very nice email. Well, he's representative because you know he's a busy man. Uh, I, I wrote him uh, an email uh, uh, asking, saying I run this. Uh, two-bit little um, miniatures podcast uh, and would you please give me uh, the permission to use song for free for intro and outro music. I haven't heard anything back yet. Uh, I'm sure, like I said, he's a busy man and I'm sure his representatives are very busy, but we'll see. Uh, if I hear back from him, you'll be the first to know. Well, you'll probably know if you listen to an episode in the future and there's an Elton John track uh, leading us into it. Um Yes, that's probably not going to happen, is it? Uh, well, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I'm, I've got some hope, I've got hope. Anyway, enough of such nonsense. Uh, this week I am talking to Tankpot Zoe. I know Tankpot Zoe, or just Zoe, I suppose, uh, from Twitter, where she is wonderfully funny and very observant and full of knowledge about the hobby. Uh, she's a great hobbyist. She does loads and loads of miniatures uh, that are all really fun to look at. She's got a great imagination on her. Um... And yeah, uh, I've also tuned in a couple of times to her Twitch shows, which are really fun and nice and friendly. So I would encourage you to give her a, uh, a follow on Twitter, on Twitch, on Instagram, and on YouTube, and uh, and even her old website, which she did say she hasn't been updating very much of late, but who knows, that might change one day in the future. Uh, you can find her on all of those places by just searching for Tankpot Zoe. Uh, that's like teapot, but with a tank instead of a tea. Um, yeah, and we had a great conversation. It was really fun, lovely to talk to her. Um, <clears throat> she's got, she's over the years, she's done some wonderful things. And rather than me tell you about them now, let's just get straight into the conversation. Let's cue up another bad bit of music from me, which is my plinky plonky little intro to the conversation music. But the good thing is, on the other side of it, there is a wonderful conversation, and I will see you. Well, I won't see you, I will talk at you again, or well, actually, I'll be talking at this microphone. Anyway, none of this matters. I will talk to you again after my conversation with Tankpot Zoe. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm here with Zoe. Um, Hi. The first question, actually. So you are, I know, you're Tankpot Zoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where does Tankpot come from? All right. So you used to play a lot of World of Warcraft. Yeah, okay. And um, I played a hunter and... Uh, I had a pet, it's a pet class, so I had this um, turtle, like a right. big turtle, like a sp- spiky shell, um, nice. and I couldn't think of a name for it, so I called it Tank Pot. Don't know why, but it's just stuck, and yeah, yeah nice. a teapot tank that I that I use on everything, and yeah, it's yeah. great, because I don't know why it's just it's just stuck. That's it's, it's literally it. It's no greater, like. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. I like it. Do you ever do you ever pop back to to World of Warcraft and find oh, it? No, there, I, I, no. I, I, I played around with Final Fantasy fourteen, but my MMO phase is done. Yeah, yeah. I spent two long years in World of Warcraft, and that's quite enough. Thank you. That, yeah, that sounds. I mean, I, I've spent a grand total of zero seconds in World of Warcraft, and it from what i've seen it already feels like too much for me it's mm-hmm. um yeah i'm i'm more of a mario kart sort of gamer that's 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 how i roll um but we're not here to talk about video games or computer games or mmos we're here to talk about your life in miniatures um and the first thing we're going to talk about is your your first miniature mm-hmm. which is the falcon grav tank yeah, an ambitious miniature for an for an eleven year old. But uh, I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, at eleven years yeah. old, I yeah. was spilling poster paint onto plastic space marines and uh, and ruining them. Well, it's like um, when I was like little, like really little, mm. um, I built a lot of airfix kits with my dad because that's something he did with his dad. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, started getting into this Warhammer thing because of a couple of friends at school. And, like, <clears throat> we went to the local uh, game, stop, game store. Uh, it wasn't like a, a proper uh, Warhammer shop. It was just a, you know, an FLGS, I guess. And looked at all the stuff. And I just saw this thing that looked really cool and, like, shiny and sleek and completely worlds apart from everything else there. So I picked this thing up and, you know, I uh, I spray-painted it black and then I only had the starter set at the time, so uh, rudely painted blood red and um, Evil Sun's yellow, I think it was, okay, onto, nice, onto yeah. it. And just, you know, it was it was not a good paint job. But it was my first proper paint job. You know, the first thing I said, I want that model. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice. And it kind of all spiraled out from there. <laughs> that 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 poor falcon is long gone. Um, it got taken apart in my orc converting phase when I was a little bit older. But um, the memory persists. Yeah, nice. No, it is. I mean, it's and that's the thing when you say it's, you know, not the best paint job but a good one i mean no one expects anyone's first minute just to be a good paint job and i think um there is but there is a wonderful thing about when you see people's early paint jobs i remember um a few years ago going and seeing the uh the cabinets for the miniatures when the school championship um final was on at warhammer world Mm -hmm. and just i miss having that sort of artistic freedom with paints because when you sort of get into it a little bit and you're painting miniatures you think right I'm I'm going to pick a chapter or I'm going to pick a, a craft world or whatever it might be I'm going to paint it like that and even if you try and go outside the lines a little bit you're still thinking well you know I know that red is a complementary color of green and so the eyes should be green if the arm is red or whatever it might be yeah. and actually what's really refreshing to see is when you see people who are new to the hobby or or young kids getting into the hobby you get this i'm gonna paint it pink with blue spikes and yellow eyes because that's what i want to do and it's fun yeah in um in a past life i used to work in a school Mm -hmm. and um i do not mean i don't mean that in any kind of spiritual sense i'm just talking my last job was working in a school um and uh this uh, one of the kids i work with um, was getting into Warhammer with his dad. And, you know, he brought in this, um, I think he had, he had the, not the most recent Age of Sigmar starter box, but the one with the night horn in it. So the last, oh, yeah, yeah. last Soul one, I guess. Wars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he brought that, he brought some of the models in from that and he brought in as, you know, one of these Stormcast guys. And this thing was like, it was just a riot of colour, you know? Like Love he was it. trying everything on it. Like yeah, the, yeah. The, the cloth had like, leopard print which is a bold technique for a 10 year old um, and just all these different colors and he's like and he was so psyched to show me and then he got out this other he got his night horn which was you know also just loads of colors and mm-hmm. and like i remember what some of the other kids like he showed some of the other kids and they're like whoa and you're know, looking at these these models like they've never seen anything like it it was really cool yeah, um, yeah. I was like, I, I, I remember when he used to paint like that <laughs> and now i'm looking at models going hmm how shall i paint this this is uh, you know, yeah, you, you yeah. do kind of get trapped by. You do. You grow up. There's, being there's an adult. Exactly. That's the problem. Because when you're an adult, it's like, oh, that's a very interesting shade of black you've painted, and it's like, oh, it's, it's black. Come on, I want the the Joseph and his technical Falcon Grav tank. That would be mm. um, far more yeah, fun. Unfortunately, my, my Falcon Grav tank was was Ulfway, so it was actually black. <laughs> no, well, it was, but that's fine. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it why was not as exciting yeah well i mean yeah i've never got i mean i never i painted a mortifact zombie years ago and um obviously there's a lot of black involved in that but i found myself doing more and more of the bone color because it's just like oh, blacks i can't take doing that so much and just because the highlighting shows up so much and and i did it before i knew about more sort of the how to make blacks warm or cold or glazing yeah. them to bring out some color in them um but yeah it's but yeah i mean blacks can be interesting blacks whites it's fine you know but I, I still long for the days of you know i've got a, a cabinet full of paints and I just think well why shouldn't i throw moot green and zirius purple and everything else at it because it'd just be more fun wouldn't mm. it yeah totally uh, but 
don't know. And then you start painting Blood Angels and everything's just red. Um, brushes are stained red. Everything is slightly tinted red from after that. That's it. Your life now is just slightly tinted red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, an even better, not just your stuff, but like, so I'm a, I am a brush licker. So, you know, I've got, you know, usually bits of red on my teeth and mm. on my lips and, you know, it's great. It's, um, but my fist red's a good colour, so it's fine. Um, it'll work. But then this, I mean, uh, you told me about a few of the, the miniatures that we can talk about um, today. This The Falcon Graft Tank definitely seems to have started um, a trend with uh, an enjoyment for all things Eldari. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah. What was it that what makes Eldari a, an interesting faction for you? It's the... So I started with second, right? I've got, mm-hmm. I managed to rescue my um, second edition books from my parents' house. Oh, um, okay. So like the, you know, the ones that came in, in the second edition starter box. And it I was the art well. in there, all those like Jez Goodwin pencil sketches mm. and how those have just been consistent. Like yeah. even now, like if you look at like, you know, his Howling Banshee art from God knows how long ago, you look at it and go, oh yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, and this kind of just the kind of like high tech, you know, but very magical thing, I think is neat. Um, yeah. I really like the the pathos of it. Like you, you've got to have some proper just like pathos. It was the was it the, that hammer and bolter episode where um, it's set on a on an Eldar craft world, and I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is great. This is just mo- more of this, please. Just more of just. Yeah just sad space elves. Um, but it's just that thing of like, I just, and definitely young as a younger player, it was the absolute riot of color that an Eldar army was and still is if you like playing something like Bealtan where there's got multiple aspect warriors. I, uh, I'm a big proponent of painting aspect warriors in their, not their default scheme, but at least using that primary color. So Darabange is in blue, Howling Banshee is in bone, um, Striking Scorpion is in green, all of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it looks great. It doesn't look like any anything else outside of maybe like an orc army, but even then. Um, and it is just like this, also this kind of vague fascination, well, not vague fascination, fascination I've got with like mythology, because there's just so much mythology with them. Like yeah. it's this mix of um, Celtic and Viking and um, Hindu mythology and Japanese uh Japanese sort of like mythology and all, all these different things got, coming together into this kind of real like Malipot, which is like recognizable, but also like because it's all these different things, it still feels quite distant because it is all mythology. It's all mythology. It does it's not anyone's actual culture. It's their it's the mythology of their culture. So it's it lends it this very alien and uh, sort of um strange air without being appropriative. Yes, in the I same know, way as like yeah. you know, uh, just making I don't know space samurai or space um, I don't know. Well, I mean yeah. the the example from back then when when they were introduced, I suppose, would be if you look at the squats. I mean, all right, they were bikers, but they were effectively space dwarves. Mm, yeah, the Eldar actually got the treatment of taking them away from being space elves and turned into what you were saying a completely original thing that may have borrowed from other places to help create it but just is something so wholly unique and um, yeah yeah it's, it's the reason the space dwarves got it by the tyranids mm-hmm. yeah yeah but then so one of the other things we talk about are your your harlequin characters mm. so uh, what have we got death jester a solitaire and a shadows here yeah um so like this, that th- there are there are trio that. So it was the first time I went to an event at Warhammer Worlds, just a community thing that we kind we'd done on through the Warmongers thing, and I got to meet a bunch of folks like, um, you know, YouTubers like Kiriath and Web, you know, Snipe and Web, and, and folks like that, and just a bunch of people from you know the Warmongers community on Twitter and and all of this, and yeah. it was like a four hundred point event. Um, and you just had to bring 400 points of models from an army. And it was this weird kind of four-way battle thing. Cool. Uh, Purge the Pit, I think it was, yeah, Purge the Pit was the name of it. And um, I knew that the rules were to, to capture this objective in the middle. 
and I was looking through my Harlequin Codex, and I saw that if you had these three models, this Death Jester, this Solitaire, and this Shadow Seer, they could do a mo- there was a stratagem where they could just literally just teleport to anywhere on the battle, all three on nice. the battlefield, all three of them. Yeah, so I yeah. did that, and I thought it was really clever, and it didn't quite work out. But these three models kind of mean a lot in terms of like really like doing something for a game and an actual proper game, not just this this event. Like I've never been to a tournament. I've never I did enter Golden Demon when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. uh, I didn't place anywhere because uh, the kind of gold spray paint you use for decorating Christmas pine cones is not the same one you you want to use for models. No, um, no. And, um, but yeah, like these three models were like, I was really, I still am really proud of the paint job I did, did on them. Um, like I did them in the, uh, sort of in the in the trans pride flag colors which nice. was you know important for me um like my whole whole my whole harlequin army is you know pink white and blue um cool with black in there because just pink white and white and blue can be a bit overwhelming um and like the way i painted these models and just what they represent was really cool and it was this kind of thing of i never really as much as i like eldar it i never really had a functional eldar army it was yeah. always buying models, it was buying things, but my Harlequins were like this functional army that I really like playing. Nice. And these three models kind of feel like the actual, the focus of that. Like they're, they're, they're kind of the most important ones are the ones I always go to when I want to show off some of the paint jobs I've done. Nice. Um, and just think of the kind of, you know, gameplay shenanigans I've done with them. Um, they're a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Did you go with, did you do diamonds? Did you paint diamonds? Yes, I did. Um, you have my uh, infinite respect then, because it's still something I hate. <laughs> I've yeah, done it a couple of times, uh, so it drives me mad. Yeah, it's it's tricky, but I managed. So, so I'm I'm being very careful about it. I'm not going too mad with it. The diamonds are quite yeah. large, and nice, um, nice. I'm not going crazy with it. But yeah. I still haven't finished painting all of them because diamonds, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. I was I, I had to paint a, a troop once. And I thought, oh, this is going to take me hours. And I'm just, it's just going to be me swearing into my paintbrush for several hours. And uh, I flicked through the Harlequin Codex and found the the Harlequin troop that doesn't use diamonds. And it's sort of grey, purple and pinkish, reddish. Mm. So that's it. That's perfect. I'll do them. It's great. There's, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yes, so happy I found those because otherwise, like I say, that, well... That would almost probably be into snapped paintbrush territory, um, but yeah, there's. Uh, it's it's tricky getting them to match up. Once you start painting them, then you got to try and get them to match up on the bottom of the leg or whatever. And it's like that's why you kind of hide it underneath, like when you know. That's where, a where, tip. Yeah, just just if you can hide it, then go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds like a great tip because mm-hmm. yes, it's. Um, I mean. I have done that. Well, whenever I paint checks, if, especially if I'm painting orcs, it's always, I'll get them as right as I can get them. And it's like, right, time to get the sponge out, do some weathering. There you go. No one will know. There's, they can tell that there is a checker pattern behind there. No one's going to look to see how sharp the line is. Orcs. Who, you know, orcs aren't going to be like that fancy with it. Like, exactly. They're probably painting with their fingers. I mean, it's, you know, just scratching. so. Yeah. Or a brush squig. A brush squig, yeah, yeah. Is that an actual thing, or is it is probably? That... Yeah, probably. Well, somebody's written about brush squigs at some point. I'm sure they have. It's, um, I'm almost upset. Games Workshop haven't named their paintbrush range brush squigs. Mm. Um, it's like it's the Batman thing, right? There's always like you know the bat. Oh yeah. Bat noun, you know, yes. <laughs> and the orcs and squigs is whatever squig. Yes, I think what was what was the famous one? The bat shark repellent. Mm-hmm. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, nice. That's uh, something we should all keep in our utility belts. So, I mean, that that trio of characters being the sort of focal point, I mean, it really does work as well with the lore of the Harlequins because they are obviously the the great players in the, in the dance mm-hmm. um, or the, the act, whatever it might be, whatever performance they're putting on. Um, so, yeah, that's a nice touch. That's why... Are you someone when you paint an army? So that... Actually, I suppose that sounds different because when I paint an army... Uh, if I've got sort of troop choices to be going, getting on with, I tend to try and get those out of the way early on so I can paint the exciting, fun stuff. This mm-hmm. actually sounds like you've painted the really fun stuff first 
Does that, yeah. I mean, diamonds aside, does that make going back and painting the other ones a little bit less appealing without some sort um, of great thing at the end? Definitely have a lot of armies where the characters and certain sort of like special weapons guys in units are painted, and then the bulk of the line infantry are not painted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I am... I, I flip from project to project. Nothing gets finished. The most finished army I've got is either my Harlequins or my Orcs. Nice. Um, and, well, I say my Orcs. That was before I got a load of Beast Snagger stuff um, because that has added several models to my Orc pile of Orc stuff. It, it, it's, it's definitely a fun range. Some very large squeaks in that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, speaking of large Orky things, this is the thing I was going to bring up, bring up next, which uh, you mentioned, and... I really want to hear the story behind this. Uh, you described it as the celebra- Tin of Celebration Stomper. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about this project. So when I was like a kid, like Orcs were, as much as I let the Elder, Orcs became my army um, because uh, I remember getting the Gorkamorka box plus like digging up and like a white dwarf with some extra rules in it um i remember getting that on sale somewhere Mm. and the guy basically sold it as a um orc starter force essentially because it had like a bunch of orc boys in it and like two trucks and two war tracks so i got these things and like i didn't have as much like i i I was one of those kids whose friends were quite a bit i went to grammar school so mm-hmm. never, never really there were quite a few uh, well-off kids there. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is one to say I, I was I was like poor or anything. Like my parents were both teachers, so you know middle middle class middle class wealth. So mm. you know they could afford to give me pocket money, but they didn't give me that much pocket. Money. But my friends were all all had the, whatever they wanted because their parents were loaded like yeah, multinational yeah. business owners or doctors or whatever. And it was like I couldn't keep up. No. Pound for pound, but what I could do is uh, throw some stuff together and call it good. You have the imagination, the brains to do it. Like, this is what happens when you and your mum build the Blue Peter Tracy Island together. You actually did that? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any photos of it, but... Nice. But yeah, we built that Blue Peter Tracy Island and it was great. It was. was, Yeah, I think the sales of the actual Tracy Island slumped because of it. (laughs) So good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely, definitely enjoyed like messing around with that with my boys' toys, and then got a bit sad when the scale was wrong, and I couldn't use it for 40k. But, yeah. um, but yeah, so I just had all these models that I kind of built from scrap. I built a Daka jet, like an old, an old plane from random bits of cardboard and stuff. Like I had orc, mm. um, like artillery made from pens and stuff like lots of green stuff squigs that i made and milliput and green stuff squigs i like it um but the pinnacle of this sort of whole thing was this celebrations box stomper Mm. so it was like an upturned cardboard celebrations box with a uh i made the head from a spray paint can lid yeah um it had a it had batteries inside of it because it had a cardboard buzzsaw with a motor on it nice and i ran this motor so it just so i'd, I'd do this thing where i'd walk it up to and i use the vehicle design rules that are in white dwarf to make yeah, rules yeah. for it and i'd stomp it up to me and we had this thing where it was only a cardboard thing so it was like hey if, if if i kill a model with this can i get it with the saw and it was like yeah okay so i would you know move the arm down with this thing running it just pinged this model across the room nice um, and it was just this thing of like i am this this is just no holds barred. I will make literally whatever I want because it was a point in time with the game where you could just make anything because it had vehicle design rules and all of this. And it was absolutely nonsense and it absolutely looked like garbage, but it was my garbage. Yeah, I, you know, I, I loved it. And I loved building these things. And they lasted, they didn't hold together. They fell apart like almost immediately after I was, took them anywhere. But like, it was great. Yeah, it was, like, sounds incredible. So I just, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, if I'm not saying you should, because I know you, you, as you were saying, you're a bit of a hobby butterfly, you flip from one to the other, but mm-hmm. just a suggestion, if you're feeling motivated one day, making a brand new 
celebrations uh, box stomper, I think would be, because it sounds incredible. Well, listen, I have gone back to original projects before, uh, so I don't see why um, it can't happen in the future. And I've got a lot of orcs, so maybe we'll maybe I'll make it happen. I don't know. There you go. And um, I, I, yes, I don't want to get too far into it. When, when you said it was made out of a tin of celebrations or a box of celebrations, my mind immediately started punning. Um, so I won't, won't do all of them. Celebrations? Uh, Sherlock Brations is one. I was presuming that the Stomper was probably seen as a, an abomination by the cult of Mars. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, yes, and while far from the Milky Way, it was probably somewhere in the region of the uh, the Sissatwix maledictum. Um, was it? Was it aligned to um, Boss Snickerot at all, or uh, or Snickersrot even? No, no. Or was it just a bounty hunter? Um, and uh, See, you got me thinking of him now. <laughs> well, the only one I couldn't come up with anything for was Malteser. Um, might have spent twenty minutes on the Games Workshop website, say looking at models, trying to find one that had malt or teaser. At least I respect it. I respect their dedication to the pun. Um, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, well. Anyway, it was worth a go. Um, all right. Well, I, I like to do a bit of equal time on this podcast. Um, so uh, that in in meaning we don't just talk about games workshop here. Uh-huh. Um, there was another miniature you mentioned, um, which I'm intrigued to hear about because this has been happening recently when. Talk to people about anything from War Machine or Hordes. I think you get an insight, a true insight into who they really are. Mm. And uh, and you picked the Hammersmith Warjack, which mm-hmm. means, were you a Signar player at, at some time in the past? Player is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Um, I think I actually played War Machine and Hordes maybe about three times okay. um, before realizing it wasn't for me. Um, and I think largely that was part of uh not a hostile community but a community that wasn't very good at teaching people how to play um but i really like these models i bought loads of them um Mm. i bought loads of sigma models i bought loads of uh trollblood models um like trollkin cool cool. i had a few a few other ones as well i've got some i've actually got a couple looking at me right now a couple of mercenary warjacks and stuff nice like but the reason i chose the hammersmith in particular is because just thinking about it my sort of like messing around with War Machine and Hordes and then Infinity as well. It's all part of the same time period, really. This kind mm-hmm. of period of like my early 20s. Because I'd been out of, I'd stopped playing, I'd stopped collecting Warhammer for a bit there, like towards yeah. the end of um, end of my teenage, end of being a teenager and stuff like this. And then um, went to university and started getting a bit more back into just collecting stuff, just bits mm-hmm. and pieces here. Um Telling myself it was just to paint, you know, I didn't get a couple just to paint, and then inevitably yeah, yeah. I'm surrounded by hobby. Um, no. I'm in my hobby room now, right now. It is floor to ceiling sprues. Yeah, um, yeah. But like this, this period was me learning how to paint. This right. period was me actually like getting into like color theory and what blending was, and when you dry brush, and what washes were, and all these different techniques, and I like. I think about the Hammersmith as kind of one of the best examples to this because I did like the the the, the blends I did on the blue mm. were I thought really good like these kind of very smooth blends on the blue and like the the metals were really good and I was mixing my own washes up from like Windsor and Newton inks and doing oh, all this nice. yeah, yeah. and like uh, I remember using this website called uh, Brush Thralls, which was a American website, and it was kind of a semi-official War Machine sort of like fan site. Yeah, yeah. They 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 mainly painted War Machine and Horde stuff. They did a couple of other things that were a couple of like I don't know Reaper models on there, maybe a couple of Citadel models on there. It was mainly War Machine, hmm. and it was this really good website with all these really good tutorials. And I just remember reading this thing and just going through it, and then painting these models, really trying on this blue. Like really, really, and getting the getting the trolls right as well. Like doing, I had one troll model where I did object source lighting on it, like proper object source lighting on it, and I'd never nice. even tried something like that. And it was so ambitious um, for me. And then, uh, yeah, just 
the that the, the Hammersmith is indicative of this phase of my hobby where um I stopped just like because before that I would bang out entire armies by like I had a catching army when I was a bit younger and it was just I have loads of guys and I'm just gonna spray them too close with this badly mm-hmm. shaken can of Dark Angels Green. They the spray paint is too thick. Yeah, it yeah. has started to dissolve the plastic somewhere, but I'm just gonna spray paint with this brown on the pants somewhere for camo, skin nice. tone, metal, done. Classic. 60 of these guys were good. And it's yeah. like and I think back then, oh, that was terrible. I mean, it got the army on the table, but um, it wasn't, uh, no no paint jobs to be proud of, you know? No. But now it's was, like... This was the time you started doing things you were proud of. Yeah, like, but these, yeah, these 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 um, war machine models were, still got them in a box. It, it, it kind of is like, this is when I started trying and becoming like a good painter. And enjoying painting for painting's sake yeah, rather yeah. than just going, this is something I, cause I've always enjoyed the building. Yeah. But really like I've never, I was always like felt a bit overshadowed by some of my friends and their painting skills. And it wasn't until like these models were actually sat down and goes, all oh, right, I know actually how to paint things now. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, and I've had like, huh. and, and, and then I was producing stuff and going, I really like this. Mm-hmm. This is, this is something I can look at and go, yeah, this is good. This is actually good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what the War Machine slash Horde slash Infinity as well. Mm. I've done a lot of Infinity models I was really proud of. Um, cool. That's what those kind of meant at that point. And it was just a really nice time of just painting and enjoying painting and just finishing loads of models. Yeah. Um, and it's also where I got to mess around with P3 paints. And like I use a lot of Citadel paints, but also I use a lot of P3 paints as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I just really like the... I just really like the way they work. Um, they have got a nice finish to them, definitely. Yeah, it's, so it, it also kind of, yeah, it kind of got me out of just thinking about Games Workshop stuff and thinking about other other companies and um, other ways of doing things um, because I think you can get locked into one, you can get locked into one ecosystem. You can, um, indeed. It's very easy like, to do. And just having different options and different kinds of models and looking at different, because the, the Games Workshop, the, the Every Metal style is kind of a default but you look at other companies and how their what their default style is for their models and that teaches you different ways of doing things absolutely and it just kind of got me to consider a paint scheme that was good for me rather than uh, a wet sorry a way to paint that was good for me rather than just mm. trying to copy what i'd seen in white yeah. dwarf or on the website or whatever um, it's a really important stage to get to i think for a lot of painters because and it's so nice that you kept them because i think I remember a very similar story to you. I I was egged on to try and paint better because one of my best friends was really good. Hmm. And I'd see his stuff and he'd get loads of praise. And we've been best friends since we were small children. So there's like a natural, almost brotherly sort of competitiveness between us. And so when he started getting com- like really nice compliments, I was like, well, fuck you, buddy. I'm going to do mine really good as well. So, um, you know, that pushed me on but it. <laughs> But when you get to that stage where you can actually just sit there and and paint something because it's fun and you like it and you're proud of it, I just think it's such a, a nice place to be, really. And I, well, it was so nice that you've kept those models as well. Cause... Yeah, I've got a few of them. The, the ones I rescued from my parents' house, um, yeah. along with a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, I've kept a lot of them. They're good and chunky. They um, are. That's, that's um, it's a, a former Cador player. I'm I, very chunky. Um, oh, definitely yes like could be old, used uh, as paperweights paperweights there was the old you know joke about sock jacking yes. put one in a sock and then he hits them <laughs> that yes not that we endorse that sort of uh, not, no no not at all yeah. I, I, um, other other large metal boxes are available see yes. previous uh, metal dreadnoughts same of thing. course yeah i've got a i've got one of the old second edition land speeders or um which i used it in my heresy army my blood angels uh because it's lead i call it the rather than the javelin speeder i call it the hammer speeder because you mm-hmm. could literally bang a nail into a wall with it yeah yeah. Um, yeah that's uh yeah nice the next thing um 
I'm going to need you to, this might be my space marine knowledge letting me down a little bit. The next thing uh, to talk about is something that you you put in quotation marks. So I'm wondering if maybe it's not as official as uh, I, I, I worry that it might be. What is an uppercuts pattern razorback? Right. So um, favorite space marine chapter, you know, everybody has a favorite space marine chapter. There's no getting around it. Everybody has one. Yeah. Crimson fists. Nice. Um, you know, Always been taken with that classic Rogue Trader artwork. Of course. Um, oh, I really liked the the, the Pedro Cantor model when it came out. Um, mm-hmm. Always, always like these. Always like these Space Marines. Like I just lot. I just everything about them. I think I think they're neat. Um, and I had this idea of like, okay, I'm going to get Pedro Cantor, and I'm going to get a squadron of a squad of Stern Guard veterans. I've still got the still got all these models. They're all the original metal ones. Nice, um, nice. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, they're gonna, I'm gonna put them in a razorback, but it's not gonna be any just. I'm not gonna get some like you know, geek off the street razorback. This thing's gonna be real. This thing's right. gonna be good. It's gonna be special um, just for them. Pedro Cantor's personal razorback. I like it. Um, and like if I guess if the orc stomper represents my uh, this kind of nascent wild scratch building um the uppercut is kind of represents like a much more carefully considered but also just use all the bits from the bits box kind of thing to make it work yeah um i based it on a sisters of uh, the sisters of battle repressor kit from forge world so it was that it was that rhino with with the slightly enlarged with a higher roof and all these um i used a I like, and then I just started like I put a turret ring from a predator on it, like um, and it. kind of built up this thing on the built up the sides to support it. It's on the turret ring. I put a tarantula turret, um, a tarantula gun with like twin assault cannons on it. Nice. I just as it, it was on with the heavy bolters, but I cut the barrels off and stuck a pair of assault cannon, which I had kicking around from I think the Storm Raven kit. Cool. Uh, there was definitely lots of Storm Raven parts in it, and then I used all these and built this thing up and bought some forge wheel doors for it and stuck those on and painted it up and did like a marble effect, like a red marble effect on the fists on the side. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I call this thing? And I thought of like loads of like, you know, hoity toity names for it, trying to do like, cause it's not a razorback. It's going to be a something razorback, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like, you know, the, the hammer of dawn or the fist of dawn or the fist of canter, all these things. Sounds so right. hoity toity. Like, it's like, nah, it's boring. I'm going to call it the uppercut. <laughs> that's, that's something you do with a fist that you uppercut people and i just thought i just thought the idea of this thing just like because it's got the big dozer blade on the front from mm-hmm. um the repressor kit and i just thought the idea of this thing kind of crashing through a wall these assault yeah. cannons just spinning up and blasting everything and pedro Cano and his boys just stepping out and just like being space marines at people and it's just <laughs> it's like it's so crass and so vulgar and just so great it it just epitomizes what I like about Warhammer in this conversion is that it's just, it's just this brutal, ugly box of hate and war and fight, and it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I like. I'm going to have to steal. They were just being space marines at people. I think that's mm-hmm. yeah. I like that phrase. I like that. It's yeah. This 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 thing is just. I've done you know lots of conversions before and since, but this thing it it just sits there on this it sits there on one of my bookshelves just overlooking the room it's like yeah that's a that was a good one that's always gonna be a good one it's right. one of those things that just it all the cutting i did was perfect and and you know the the forge world um kit fit exactly with my ideas you know when you like you do a conversion and, and you go yeah this is it this one's going exactly together in my mind yeah, uh, yeah. In, in real life as it as it as it did in my mind this is perfect Love um it. So yeah, no, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it awesome. well, I, you definitely picked the right name for it because I mean, you could have gone with the left jab razorback, and it just wouldn't mm-hmm. have been quite the same. I think. Yeah, well, it definitely works for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think if I'd um, named it while I was getting into like what at this point, I would have named it after a wrestling move. But um, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I just went for more a generic boxing move. Yeah. What do what, what wrestling move would you have gone for? I don't know, a lariat or something. Oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah. A sling blade, maybe. Yeah. See, I, 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 I would have gone with the atomic elbow myself, but, you know, that's... Uh, that's I think probably... Yeah, go, go something a bit more generic, but, yeah, just a, the lariat. I don't know, the lariat pan isn't... But, no, it's called the uppercut. That's what it's called. Yeah. 
No, it's keep the uppercut, definitely. On some flyby night sports entertainment fascination. Yeah, yeah. But you, you'll have to do some, like, you'll have to do like a repulsor and call it the lariat pattern repulsor or something like that. Oh, I'm, I'm building a repulsor execution using the Land Raider kit as well. Because I can't be, I can't be doing with these flying space marine vehicles. It's, um, it's stepping on the toes of my elder friends. Uh, so I had this Land Raider kicking around and I had this repulsor executioner that I bought and I thought, well, this is stupid. So I cut up two quite expensive kits to make it to one nice. kit and it's still in pieces, but I'm going to finish it one day. Yeah. Why not? All the things that I tell me I'm going to tell myself I'm going to finish one day, but yeah. yeah. Well, and you've got the perfect name for it now as well. So there mm-hmm. you go. That's uh, I like it. That's uh, no, is isn't that a wonderful feeling when you do actually take two expensive kits and be like, there's that moment before you start doing anything where you just sort of take a deep breath, get the clippers out, and go, mm-hmm. right, it's happening, and then you just start yeah. cutting into yeah. it and. Yeah, it's um, nerve-wracking, but when it pays off, it's one of the best feelings. Totally. uh, Yeah. Your next model that we can talk about, um, it's actually not one of your models. It's a model that inspired you. And I've been trying to look for this, and I've got to confess, I haven't been able to find find a a picture of it, But so I'm going to need you to explain it to me a little bit, but it's called... Yeah, so uh, somebody on, on, on Twitter actually managed to get me some photos of it because it's not on the official Golden Demon website. Right. Uh, that year is, and all the other entries from that magazine are on there, but this one isn't. And I don't mm. know why. Um, but it was in the first White Dwarf I ever got, which was, I can't remember the number, but it was the one that introduced Digging Up, the Gorkamorka expansion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I remember that one clearly because it had these three gurning faces on it. And uh, there, was one of the things that I was like, Three battle reports. Yes, three. And I thought, wow, <laughs> what's a battle report? <laughs> I don't know, but there's three of them. Um, and that was exciting for me oh, and yeah. my nascent brain. Um, but yeah, like this, I got still these gold demon things. And this goes back to the Eldar thing, right? Because this model was one of the classic metal Phantom Titans for Epic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I, I, so when I was getting into, into Wargaming, like my friend had Epic. So I was used to the current plastic range of Epic, mm-hmm. um, the current, like, you know, the metal Warlord Titan, the metal Gargans, um, yeah, yeah. all the kind of models that were based on sort of late late second edition era minis um, yeah. rather than kind of the really old kind of rogue trader art like Epic Space Marine was. Indeed. But this, so, yeah, so I was just looking through these things and seeing all these models that I kind of recognize because a lot of the entrance into the Epic epic competition for that golden demon were a lot of older models like yeah. they were on the square bases rather than the rectangular bases that came in in epic and um mm. lots of weird orc things like the old metal orc battle wagons that were based on the uh you know the the kind of the the, the rogue trader second edition orc battle wagon that was just oh, they yes. could transport as many models as you could fit on it and if any yes. models fell off they counted as dead um <laughs> which is a rule they need to bring back even though it's fun ones. Fit that. 32 millimeter bases don't really fit in anything these days, no. but there you go. No. Um, oh, well. But it's, okay, so what was it? It was called The Autumn of Our Days. Yeah, the right? Autumn of Our Days. Very poetic, that one. Oh, it really is. It's, oh, I love it. Um, and it's like, I looked at this thing and it was it was a proper Eldar Titan. Like it was colorful. It had all mm. this, it was, like, it was like red and blue and green and gold. And it was just this. Nice. Oh, it was gorgeous i've never seen anything like it like it was like what is this thing i want phantom titan and then there was another entry that was a warlock titan and it was these two eldar titans bracketing a uh a uh one of the lucius metal warlock titans yeah yeah but this this thing the autumn of our days and i just kept looking at this phrase the autumn of our days and like this feels like it's a part of something like this feels like it's an excerpt from a much larger, like a much larger poem or story. It's, it's like it, mm. this thing's name isn't the autumn of our days. The autumn of our days is just what people call it when they're in a hurry. This thing's name is like a Viking saga. Well, it's yeah, like yeah. 3,000 lines long. And it, it tells the story of like every single thing that's ever happened, even vaguely tangentially to this thing. Mm. Um, and it was named before it did anything and but everything has come true because Eldar prophecy like it was this 
it, it's one of the things that just got that you know made me even crazier for Eldar. It's just this, yeah. this like it was so much bigger than just this model. And I, I keep telling myself if they ever bring out Eldar Titans for Adeptus Titanicus, I'm gonna get a Phantom Titan and I'm gonna paint it up like that. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Because. I really want to. Um, of course. It, it just, just it, as an homage to this, I don't know who the guy was, like, I can't remember his name. It's just the the model was just everything. It was like, wow, the autumn of our days. And like, I've started use, I've started taking this idea of its name and using it to name Eldar things. Um, oh, and I, I, I kind nice. of do this thing where I come up with a complete stream of consciousness. Yeah. Um, poem and it's just all it, it i did it originally for twitter so that the rule i give myself is it's got to fit into 240 characters and then okay. i will clip out a part of it um to use as its shorthand name um and right. like i'm playing and i've started using it for other things now as well like i'm in a, a lancer role-playing game um and which if you don't know the lancer it's a kind of a mech combat vaguely oh, like cool big like fourth edition D combat system but you're in giant robots and doing stuff like that sounds very um, cool. and our our group had a spaceship where all our robots were and we were trying to come up with a name for it mm-hmm. and like the culture the culture novels came up um and so right. we tried to think of something culture-based and i thought hold on i'll just look at my brain into this eldar naming mode and i came up with something um it was really good but mm. yeah the autumn of our days i can't i just think of it and go wow yeah in, it's a good in a, name. yeah in in a when all the other names are just things like the destroyer or the it's just like, yeah, what is yeah. it? it's this other thing about the elder that there isn't there is something that i always like to say there is something more human about them than the imperium mm. because mm-hmm. you get a sense of them there is more than just fighting because they talk about their art and all their culture and all these other things that they would much rather be doing yeah, than fighting. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how everything is just, it's like human emotion and human experience, but dialed up to 11. And just the, the autumn of our days felt like this thing. It's like this thing's net, this thing doesn't have a, its name isn't warlike. Its name is, it's sad. It definitely speaks towards like to the end, like the, the end of this, of this people, but it, it's not bellicose. It's, mm. It's that pathos thing, and it I really is. like it's somber. It. Yeah, it's um, and yeah, just it's, like, it's it. thing, like my two favorite armies have always been orcs and Eldar because they're the two just absolute extremes of the spectrum in terms of their approach to everything. Yeah, um, yeah. and you know the 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 kind of no, I think I think you've nailed it. I mean, it is it's it's a very evocative name, and um, yeah, as you were saying earlier, it's. Is that pathos? It's, it's moody, depressing space elves, but done in quite a beautiful way. That's mm. uh, that's the way to think of them. So yeah, all right. Well, I need to find photos of that then because that's uh, that if sounds... I can, yeah, if I can find them, I will send them to you because I like sharing this picture of so much. Do yeah. please do. I've definitely cause... got them saved somewhere. So nice. All right, I look forward to seeing those. Um, and speaking uh, of uh, moody, pathos-ridden. Um, space elves the the one of the last miniatures you worked on and uh for any listeners um again i'm presuming this thing actually has listeners i don't i don't mind i just like having a chat so mm-hmm. um yeah. uh but for any listeners uh this is we there hasn't been some sort of time jump we haven't gone back to the beginning of the episode uh we're going to talk about a a falcon grav tank again i like i like to you know the circular calling back i like itself. it yeah, yeah yeah uh yeah no um like I, I, I was very sure that the sometime last year I was very sure that they're gonna they're gonna do Eldar again soon. Like the, they're gonna do Eldar again soon. They have how to. prophetic, yes. Yeah, and um, so I just bought a, a bunch of Eldar. I bought um, an Autark, some Dire Avengers, um, some jet bikes, and this Falcon. And I thought mm-hmm. I really want to go back to this Falcon and really like do to it what i couldn't do as a kid like do like give it the business and i didn't paint it elsewhere i paint mine email lock which are uh, gray and orange they're kind of one of the lesser craft worlds yeah i just think the gray and orange is really nice it's very lovely 
yeah. who they are um, and everything like this. And I just painted this thing. And I, it's like the, the, I took a photo, like <laughs> I took a photo and showed my dad. It's like, look at this. This mm. is, this is the same model that I painted when I was 11. Yeah. yeah so like, yeah. what is it? 24 years later. <laughs> there you go. It's like this, incre- yeah, this model still holds up. Oh, it does. Like oh, this, yeah, they really do. The, the Falcon Grav Tank is timeless. Like, it will, mm. they never, ever need to do a new one. No. Because it's perfect. It is, it is just perfect. It goes together fine. Um, it looks great. Like, it, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I, I just had so much fun recreating this thing I had as a kid and, you mm. know, ended up cutting apart and losing and converting and then eventually disappearing. But now I've got this one that I'm going to keep because, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, I did it with all my, all these techniques. I know like the wet blending and the, mm-hmm. um, and masking things off with airbrushes and, and carefully, you know, doing all these highlights and proper, proper transfers, like doing the proper transfer work on them using microsol and microset and all these Lovely. things, yeah, and just yeah. really just going for it. And yeah, it's just like, I looked, I looked and thought I've, I've done my, my childhood self proud with this. This is, this is me bringing, bringing it all full circle in a really nice yeah. way. Um, and I've, means I've got a decent starting force when they eventually bring out, um, the new Eldar stuff, which I'm super excited about because. I have been, out of everyone on Twitter, I've been enjoying your tweets about the new Eldar things, particularly, um, mm-hmm. Not least because you were the one who reminded me that that little floating shield platform that comes with the new Guardian set definitely is based on an epic wave serpent. Um, yeah, the classic thing yeah. that looks like a, um, a Macedonian Hellenic boat or whatever. Yes, like exactly. Um, but also there is a, a sort of palpable excitement um, in, in your tweets for this. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do with them. Out of... Uh, out of what you've seen so far, what are you most excited about? So obviously they've shown off the new Autark. I've got an Autark. Mm-hmm. They've shown off the new Guardians. Um, you know, new Guardians are cool. They're always good. There's new mm-hmm. Rangers. That's good too. The new Ranger jet bikes. That's good too. Uh, what I'm most excited about is the Avatar that they teased in the um, in that yeah. video. Yeah, um, I know. Because, yeah, like, you, I've seen the metal, the little what is now really little metal avatar, which at yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. Which back, back when that thing was, was the avatar model, it was giant. It was a, it was a monster. It was terrifying, I you know, know. but yeah. now it's just this little, little guy. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've played around with one of the Forge World ones, um, mm. but a new plastic one with all like the, like, I hope, I hope it's big. I want it to be like yeah. as big as Bellacor, that new Bellacor yeah. model. That'd or, be nice. Um, I just want it to be, yeah, just give me like one of those 85 quid, just absolute monster models. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was the same thing. I was talking to Chris Bellew uh, in episode one of My Life in Miniatures. Uh, he is also very passionate about the Eldar. And um, yeah, he was uh, he was waxing lyrical about the Avatar. And I just, I just kept thinking back to it. And because like, obviously, he, He's based on a shard of Kane. He's not Kane himself, but and Kane is actually currently is he still imprisoned by Corn? Is that the, the still the current law? Is it? I, as far as I know, the current law is that Kane is shattered in every you know. Yeah, he's just yeah, shattered okay. in all the different all right. bits of. The, um, because yeah. that that I just had the, this vision of like you know Corn holding up the little avatar in a jar. Going, oh, look at my cute little buddy, because he is really genuinely tiny, especially yeah. compared to a bloodthirster. But um, yeah, it's yeah. it's so nice to see it. It's yeah. So, nice. um, so yeah, really excited about that. Um, there's a lot of rumors floating around of what else is coming out, and you know, you've got to take things like that with a pinch of salt. But um, but yeah, no proper new Eldar stuff. Very excited. Really want to make this year the year when I properly get into painting a bunch of Eldar stuff. Um, and have a proper craft world army because, like I say, I've got a harlequin army. I love playing with those, but um, sometimes you want things with a range of more than twelve. Um, yeah, yeah. 
you know. It helps. Although saying that, I found so I built a, an Eldar army back in fifth edition, which in eighth edition, uh, I was playing some games against friends and friend of mine, uh, and he was like, "Oh, bring your Eldar." I've never played against Eldar. I'm like, "Yeah, I don't think they're very good because I made this thing ages ago." Mm. Oh no, bring it, bring it, and um, we had a game, and uh, I just from a gaming point of view, re really fell in love with the Eldar because watching. Um, my opponent, bless him, was playing a, a salamanders and um, seeing Vulcan Hastan ripped in half with Karandras's power claw in one phase of fighting was something quite wonderful. <laughs> or mm. watching a warp hunter one shot a Laman Russ, that's, that's pretty special as well. Especially a Laman Russ parked entirely in cover. Yeah. But, um, um, just the like, yeah, the just the shenanigans you can do with Elder. Like my yeah. Harlequins, I was playing against somebody with Iron Warriors. It was only like a little thousand point game. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, not even that. It was like five hundred points. It was really little. Mm. Um, and I just had like by turn one, I was already in his face. Nice. Like I yeah. already had models models getting into charge range, and it was mm -hmm. just like this is great. Mm. I love this. I love the Elder. They're so they're so ridiculous, especially yeah. the Harlequins. Yeah, well, the Harlequins, especially, yes. Um, who I've only ever, the murder clowns, who I've only ever played in Kill Team, but they were properly evil in Kill Team as well. So, um, but yeah, nice. Um, right, I'm uh, very well aware that I've taken up a lot of your valuable time this evening, so I've got a couple of final questions to ask, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, and then I'll let you go. So, two questions that I'm asking to everyone. First off, uh, your favourite colour of paint. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one is Balthazar Gold. Nice. Right. Um, it is my favorite gold paint. You can do so much just by changing the shade you use on it. Um, I use it on, I've got it on my Sylvaneth. I used it for, uh, not Sylvaneth, Lumineth. Um, I used it for corn stuff. I've used it on um, Sisters of Silence. I've used it as the primary metal color on machinery and all these other things. It's great. Lovely. Okay. Strong, strong, yeah, strong, yeah. Vote, strong vote for Balthazar Gold. Um, nice, <laughs> oh, I like it. Um, and second up, uh, if you could paint one miniature this year, it can be anything, it can be entirely invented out of your own head, it can be something in production, it could be something rumored to be in production, it could be anything you possibly want. Uh, what would be the one miniature you'd like to paint this year? I think it would have to be a 28 millimeter Forge World Phantom Tire, and as the autumn of our days. Like, I, I think like it would it. have to be that. Like, Good I always answer. tell myself, no, I want to do it with a plastic one if they ever come out. But I mean, that four drilled one exists. And if I find 500 quid somewhere. Oh, is it only 500 these days? Oh, oh. Uh, well, it's it's something like that. I don't know. Um, ah, the thing is, I've already got one of the arms because I bought oh. a Revenant Titan from Forge World and they accidentally just sent me a Phantom Titan D cannon. And oh, right, I said, nice. hey, you've sent me this and I ordered this. So they sent me the Revenant, Revenant Titan, and I've just got this D cannon sitting there. Lovely. Um, and I'm still, I'm still convinced at this point it was like a um, kind Can of a trick to get me to eventually buy a Phantom Titan because yeah. we give her the D cannon, and she'll have a D cannon. It's like, mm, what if I got a Phantom Titan as well? So yeah, yeah. I don't know. See, we'll I'd see. say, I'd say it probably wasn't a trick because they've done that to me before, and I managed to get, I think. So I ordered a, a Warhound Titan and um, I got the, uh, the Turbo Laser and the Vulcan Mega Blaster because those are the two best names of any weapons ever. Mm -hmm. um, and the Vulcan Mega Bolter, sorry. Um, they sent me the Lucius Pattern arm instead of the Mars Pattern one. So I, mm -hmm. I got in touch and I told them, they went, oh, can you send us a photo? So I did. And I went, oh, yeah, that, that totally is. Uh, yeah, really sorry about that. I think you got the last one we've, we're ever going to make. And uh, I was like, really? And, yeah, it's not supposed to be one in here anymore. Uh, we don't do that anymore. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, do you want it back? And I'm like, nah, keep it. So, yeah. you know. so I, I couldn't have bought a, a Lucius pattern. So I think they did just make a genuine mistake. But yeah, to question the evil, tempting ways of uh, wonderful Forge World. Um, so this has been... Wonderful. Thank you very, very much for being a guest and for joining me on this. Right, me. This has been really cool. It's really nice just to 
yell about the models that I like. Well, you like some very good models that deserve some yelling about. So um, thank you very much for being our guest and, uh, and we speak again soon. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, that was my chat with Zoe, who was absolutely wonderful. It was so nice to talk to her about miniatures. She's one of those people she's just got one of those imaginations that just keeps going, keeps giving you ideas. You know, she's uh, she's great at doing that sort of stuff. And it's why I once again want to recommend, if you've got the opportunity, uh, well, you should have the opportunity, follow her on Twitter, follow her on Twitch, follow her on Instagram uh, and on YouTube. She is Tankpot Zoe. And uh, yeah, and she'll show you those uh, those pictures. She did send me the the photo of um, the awesome of our days uh, Titan, and it is one of those absolutely classic old school paint jobs of a classic, classic, classic. I'm just going to say the word classic a few more times. Classic, classic uh, miniature from the old Epic range, which is really nice to see old Epic stuff. Uh, I've got a whole Space Marine army that I've, I've done about like. 10 very small things for um i, I bought the old epic forty thousand box when it came out and um yeah i found all the all the little tanks and dudes um some time ago and started work on them one day who knows maybe i will do a bit more with them um but that was our chat and it was great i loved it uh and i'm looking forward to speaking to even more hobbyists very soon and as mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, potentially Elton John's representative, sorry, Sir Elton John's representatives about potentially getting some new music. Um, I quite like to see, I record all the all of this because I'm not very technical sometimes. I record the uh, the musical interludes in, in this podcast uh, each time uh, I do it because I'm lo-fi like that. And uh, I like that the little... The things that bookmark the uh, the conversation with Zoe there it did sound like someone was making an announcement at an airport. Uh, you know, can someone collect their baggage from or whatever? Um, so yeah, but I, I will find new stuff one day. That'll probably happen between seasons at some point, or maybe it'll just be a thing where I talk about it for ages. I'm waffling, uh, so it's about time for me to go. All that is left is for me to say thank you again to Zoe for being on the show. Uh, and to wish you all happy hobbying may your clippers be sharp may your brushes be pointy may your paints be ever wet and easy to apply uh, in uh, a couple of thin coats at least Um, uh, I don't know why I had to add that bit but I did Uh, have a wonderful time doing your hobby and a good week ahead and I'll speak to you next week with another episode of My Life in Miniatures onwards